Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 236 of At Odds With Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing fine, Joe. And as the EVP of the soon-to-be-named Network's wrestling Patreon wing, I had I had a busy day today. I, I had some Patreon content to preview. Uh, a little unexpected, but wondering if you want to kind of let people know what it was that I got to listen to today. Well, I didn't see your uh, picture on that fancy infographic that went out, so I don't know how real this uh a statement is but yeah so i i had mentioned it last week um that my friend ian uh valfor who had worked with chikara amongst a bunch of other places um and it's so funny you know not to spoil too too much of it but i i ended up doing an interview with him um it was primarily to be about his time working on the ashes of chikara which we watched here uh on the podcast what like Three months ago, something like that. Four months ago, maybe longer. Yeah, it's been a while. You know, right? I, I miss I miss Chikara with all this WCW stuff. Oh, neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. So, um, he last week was posting some stuff out uh, that he had found on like a drive when he was you know going through whatever, and he he put it out into the world. He's like, oh, I'd love to go on a podcast and talk about this sort of stuff, but it'd have to be behind a paywall. And I'm like, wait a minute, we have I- a paywall. Yeah, I have a podcast that goes behind a paywall. Um, So we chatted up last night um, about all that Chikara stuff and even more stuff. And not a knock on him. And it was just one of those things where I'm like, hey, this is like the five or six things I want to hit, right? Mm. Um, If there's anything that you're uncomfortable with, tell me now, right? Um, The only things that I wish that he talked about, because I wanted because he's lived like quite the life, right? Yeah. Um. And before he was involved in Chikara, he was like a big person in like the New York improv scene, and he's worked with on a regular basis like Donald Glover, Tracy Morgan, people like that. Oh shit. Yeah. And he didn't mention any of that on the show, but I didn't want to be like, "Come on, tell your Starfucker stories," you know, <laughs> because yeah. that's not what they are. Um, it's just like, cause when he worked with Tracy Morgan, it was a big deal because like Tracy was coming to work out stuff for like hosting Saturday Night Live or whatever it was. But like he worked with Donald Glover, like, like when Donald Donald Glover was just like a guy who was hustling and he got hired as a writer on 30 Rock. Okay. You know, so like this was like two years before Community and he was just a guy. And then, like, he's like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it anymore. I'm writing for a TV show. I don't know if I'm going to make it anymore. I'm the head writer for a TV show. I don't know if I can make it anymore. I'm on a TV show, you know? Yeah. yeah. So he was, like, there to see his rise, you know? And they're still friendly, you know, as friendly as you could be with, like, a Hollywood movie star, you know? Um, but, yeah, I think I, I thought Ian had a lot of good stories. Um, and I think we're going to release it, what, early next week, you had said? It- It's going to be Monday after Easter at noon at the face of Patreon level on our Patreon. There you go. I don't know what level that is. Is that the $40 level? (laughs) Yeah, it's just $49.99 a month. Oh, okay. You know, just a reasonable amount. No, it's at the $5 level. 
And for all those people that are always saying they want a podcast with Joe Sposto talking about Chikara, like Unleash, the chains are off on this podcast. I listened to it. A lot of shooting, brother, on that podcast. But for those people that have asked for that type of thing, that is available. And, you know, hopefully that'll twist your arm into getting some more people on there. Not necessarily like a weekly thing or even a monthly but I think, you know, you teased and we won't spoil it here uh, with some other people you'd like to have a similar conversation uh, on that podcast. I think that, you know, <laughs> let let us know, like, you know, let all of our patrons uh, listen to this interview. Like I said, it went nearly two hours, maybe a little bit over two hours. It was a really interesting listen, even for me not knowing anything. Uh, just imagine the people that were invested in Shakar listening to it. But Hopefully this opens up the door, Joe. You never know. We'll just uh, maybe we'll open up a higher tier. <laughs> <laughs> not to um, not to spoil something that we discuss on that either. Again, go listen to it when it comes up on the Patreon. Um, but I I I mentioned reaching out to someone to ask them to come on to talk about it. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I'm gonna wait to message them until we're recording this uh, to see if I get a response. Within seconds, I gotta know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I completely understand why. Um, and when you listen to the Patreon, you'll you'll know who it is and you'll probably know why. Um, you know, we pretty much speculate on their why. But yeah, um, no, it was good catching up with Ian, though. Um, you know, obviously, it's just he's he's lived a very like he and not to say that, like, oh, he's retired or it's out to pasture or whatever. But like. Being in the improv scene, being, like, in that level in wrestling and, you know, being at, like, the forefront of, like, YouTube. And he mentions it in passing, but, like, um, he worked hand-in-hand with not the, well, I guess, the current crew that does, like, the angry video game nerd stuff. Yeah. Um, Like, the previous video game company that he was with before the one that he is with now, they were working with James to make his game, and I think under his time with them they put out like two or three other games and if we were a video game podcast that's another (laughs) that's another whole kettle of fish that we can get into awesome well yeah like i said don't give it all away for free joe everybody go check that out monday uh the day after easter noon on our patreon and one other thing joe i want to say before we move on regarding patreon Earlier today, I was editing and finalizing uh, another episode of Vintage at Odds. All right. And I just want to say that this episode features very heavily you spending probably 15 minutes trying your hardest to get me to not only start listening to the Jim Cornette podcast, but you are selling me on how great of a listen and how much your views align with his. So uh, it's a really interesting listen, granted from five years ago. Right. But when you listen to it just on its own, it's very funny. Listen, we we uh, we all grow and we all change, you know. <laughs> And uh, sometimes it takes, uh, you know, a lot of g- big giant road signs uh, to point out who the uh, sexist, racist, homophobes are. Absolutely. But... And I, listen, I, I, I make no um, apologies for my longtime fandom of Jim Cornette, but the best I could do is just kind of like learn from my mistakes. And hopefully if you listen to the classic ad odds whenever Adam puts it up uh, for this time. 
uh, you give me a bunch of shit about it. <laughs> yeah, that episode will be dropping on uh, the 15th of this month, but there's already three other episodes available, and they're all snackable, like 30 minutes or less. Cool. But that's it for the Patreon hard sell today. All Kevin. right. Yeah, get out of the way. We won't even have to mention it at least six more times during the course of this show. Hell yeah. All right, let's get on to the actual show. And now, At Odds With Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. All right. This Day in Wrestling History. It's a big one. A lot of big stuff happens this day in wrestling history. Adam, this day in wrestling history, in 1984, if I say the names to you, Ken Patera and Masa Saito, would you know the significance of them? Obviously, I know who Masa Saito is. Of course. (laughs) But uh, again, uh, that's six years before wrestling started, so no, I, I have no idea. Okay. So it was on this day... And again, we're all very old. 39 years ago, that according to police reports, that this is the day that they threw the rock through the uh, McDonald's window and got arrested. You say that like I, I have any idea what you're talking about. You've never heard this story before. No. So, again, very clearly, Ken Patera, Masa Saito, working for the AWA at the time. Uh, we're looking to go get something to eat and the McDonald's had just closed. And they said, sorry, we're closed. So, the, and I, when I say they threw a rock, Ken Patera was a former Olympic strongman. It was more of a boulder than a rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, threw it through the window of the McDonald's. Um, the cops showed up. They got Saito and Ken Patera back at their hotel. They went to trial in June of 85. And they both did two years in jail. And 87, and again, I know it's before wrestling was a thing, um, 87, Ken Patera comes back to WWF as a babyface and does an angle because he was a big, nasty heel and Bobby Heenan was his manager. And they do a whole angle where, like, Bobby never helped him while he was in jail. First, it seems like a gross overreaction to not getting McDonald's, so I'm going to assume they were both on some kind of other substance. Sure! Yeah. And was this in the United States, I assume? Yes. Yes. Okay, just because obviously with Saito, it could go either way, you know? Right. But, but yeah, there's a famous... They, they, so this is another thing. They talked about it on one of the more recent... Uh, what were the Vice ones? Like the, Dark Side the, of the Ring? N- or not no. The, the Territories. New, Tales the, of the, the Territories. Tales of the Territories, right. So they did the AWA one. Um, so Ken Patera's on the AWA one, and he tells his side of the story of this, and to a person every other person at the round table to his face call him a liar all right it's it's just like he's like oh it didn't happen that way and you know it wasn't what they said and the people were rude to us and they kicked us out and he gives like this whole big long story and everyone's like you're full of shit you know It's, it's just so funny to like see them call him out on his bullshit you know you went to jail you were wrong right when he threw the rock through the window, did the rock have more than $7 in his pocket? Oh, my goodness. Poor <laughs> poor Dewey. He was just a little <laughs> boy back then. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So also on this day in wrestling history in 1997, 
Uh, World Championship Wrestling held their Spring Stampede pay-per-view from Tupelo, Mississippi. Um, a little bit of an uneven card. Um, you know, when you look at the main event, you have Kevin Nash versus Rick Steiner for the World Tag Team Championship. Wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. Do you remember around this time they showed it on TV? It was a deal that Six had filmed on his video camera. Like, it was black and white footage of the Outsiders running the Steiner brothers off the road in their car. I've seen a lot of footage that Six recorded, but I don't remember that. (laughs) All right. So, Scotty was hurt, and that was their way to do an angle to write Scotty off TV, but still do a match for the tag titles. Okay. Um, main event is Diamond Dallas Page versus Macho Man in a, like, no holds barred, no disqualification, falls count anywhere match. And this is the match where DDP beats Macho Man. Okay, is this the one that had the build-up with Macho cutting promos from the crowd? Yep. Okay, alright, that I remember fondly. And, like, as, like, as over as DDP was getting, right, you know, earlier in the year, like, he had been building himself up in 96... End of 96, he gets courted by the NWO. He gives Hall and Nash the diamond cutter, and he's hot. Like, he's a hot baby face. But it's this moment, I think, of him. It's a main event of a pay-per-view. He's beating, like, beats Macho Man clean. Like, this is what made DDP a star, this match. Yeah, because Hogan wasn't exactly doing the honors for anybody. No. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, beating Macho Man, beating him clean, NWO top guy. It's not like he was beating Ice Train or something like that. Right. Now, also on this show was a match, a four-corner match to determine the number one contender for the WCW world title. And it was Lex Luger versus the Giant versus Booker T versus Stevie Ray. One of these things is not like the other. Well, it was weird because, like, at the time, Luger and the Giant were a tag team because they were also one of the teams that were going after the Outsiders for the tag titles. And Booker T and Stevie Ray are a tag team going for the, you know. But for some reason, they throw these two at the time tag teams in a four-corner singles match to determine who the number one contender is. But that's not what this match is famous for, Adam. All right. Do you know? I, I I don't know if I should play it on the show. I think you should, since you're thinking about it. Do you know the promo that Booker T cuts before this? Uh, uh I, yeah, I think I do. Yeah, let's not play that. Never okay. mind. <laughs> you sure? I for whatever reason that that promo just because it's Harlem Heat with Sherry, I felt like it was a couple years prior to this. But oh yeah, I, I, I uh, that's hard not to know. Okay, so very famous moment in the world of professional wrestling. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad <laughs> you shouldn't have even asked me if we were going to play that. I think that's a hard no. I lead, I lead you there, Adam. Because <laughs> again, if you said yes, you're uncancelable, so it's fine, right? Well. Not, I don't want to test it that much. All right, all right. Um, so then, of course, we have our 1998, 25 years ago, head-to-head Monday Nitro versus Monday Night Raw. Nitro's a three-hour slog still, okay? We're getting matches like Goldberg versus Hammer. Lex Luger versus Barry Darso. Hmm. Scott Steiner versus Sick Boy, right? Yeah. It's just a nightmare. 
On Raw, however, Raw is still taped. Raw at this time is still, for the most part, live one week and taped the next week. Okay? Not a great uh, show on paper for matches. But it's at this point where WWF, Attitude Era has kicked in. We're going away from matches on TV and everything's about the storylines. Yeah. And we have two very important moments that happen in Attitude Era history. Seemingly unrelated, but we're going to play them and talk about them here. So, leading up to WrestleMania, Vince McMahon was asked how he would feel about Stone Cold Steve Austin being the world champion. And Vince said, oh, hell no. Right? Yeah. So then Austin comes out on Raw the next night doing his Austin thing. But Vince wants Steve to be a corporate champion. So what I'd like to do, if uh, we could get one of the fine, fine officers of the law to take a picture of you and me together because I got my new suit on. We're seeing eye to eye. And I just wanted maybe you and me take a little snapshot. I told you, Jared. He is really sucking up now. <laughs> he only wears that when he goes to see his lawyer. Oh, my Man, goodness. Vince or Austin? Austin. Well, both. <laughs> this way. All right. Yeah. Why don't you put it on, Vince? You don't mind. Might as well. Look at that smile. Ain't that pretty. <laughs> what a corporate <laughs> picture. That'll probably well, be the corporate picture. It does need to be a figure of Austin and the suit. Know, the old Steve Austin, the old Stone Cold Steve Austin, would probably tell you to take this camera and stick it up your ass. Hey. Wait a minute. But that's just the old Steve Austin. Yes. That's not I, like I know, but that was the old Stone Cold. Yeah, there Thank we go. You. That was the old Stone Cold. The new Stone Cold wants you to take this camera and get the film developed because this is the absolute last time you will ever see Stone Cold Steve Austin wearing a ridiculous suit like this son of a bitch I got. What? And Vince is nice enough to hold the mic for him. <laughs> Son, what you see is what you get with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Back when Vince was able to make facial expressions, he was doing that. You're damn right, and I ain't gonna change for nobody. I one last thing to say to you, Vince. Hell, it's more of a visual moment, but if you remember, like I told you before, I said it to someone else. I'll say to you, DTA. Don't trust anybody. Now, what I want you to do is bow down for Stone Cold. Ah! <laughs> oh, 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 oh. All right. So there we get the big thing. Austin gives Vince the big kiss off. Um, you know, we've been building to the moments of the uh, Mr. McMahon character. Uh, on TV and everything else like that. And uh, I'm sure there will be no repercussions next week on Monday Night Raw live from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. No, not at all. Vince doesn't hold a grudge. Right. Now, also on this episode of Raw was another moment. Now, Adam, I could play this whole seven-minute segment, but I'm going to spare you and the listeners of this, so I'll let it speak for itself. 
Right. I guess you've probably seen Terry's back, and and uh, I hope you saw uh, WrestleMania because it was a tremendous match, and I'm very proud of it. And Terry was laying there on the bed with his belt, and he said, Cactus, I'm going to be all right because I consider this the last match of my career. See, Terry had always wanted to retire as a WWF champion, and he said, Cactus, it's all been worth it. But we don't have those belts now, do we? And that was Terry's last and match. I, I'm not going to get into the reason oh, why, yeah, that, but I no, will say <laughs> that when Cactus Jack was laying, and I was conscious, and I could move, but it was very hard to move, and I was not very far from being unconscious. And when I looked at Terry Funk, well, I heard something in my in my ears, and I can tell you the truth, it kind of made me sick. That's there was an announcement being made that thanking the fans for coming to the WWE event and they said something about Stone Cold Steve Austin and uh, yeah people people started chanting his name and it's it's funny because when I came here two years ago and I was mankind there were always people saying you why don't you just be Cactus Jack then I came out in tie-dye and some white boots, and they said, you know, why don't you just be Cactus Jack? Well, I gave you Cactus Jack. I gave you every bit of energy I had. It was taped, so they beat me. And when oh. I was laying there helpless. Taking off his neck brace. You chanted someone else's name cactus almost sounds bitter here this is not a knock on stone cold steve austin hey i'm happy he's the champion he may not admit it but we've known each other a long time and he's been my friend but what you did to me and Terry Funk laying here in the middle of the ring was not only distasteful and disrespectful, it was disgusting. They're beeping goddamn. And I'm going to give you a chance to make it up to me because I'm going to accept a group apology right now. <laughs> this will go well. Cactus is at, he's asking these fans to apologize. We're cheering Steve Austin. Well, I can finally say for the first time after 13 years of blood, sweat, and tears that it's not worth it anymore. What? what? It's going to be a long time before you see Cactus Jack in the ring again. What is he talking about? JR, you know. All right. Sad McFoley promos are always good. <sighs> also unrelated. He said we won't see Cactus Jack ever again, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, Adam, I'm so excited for next week. <laughs> but but we won't see Cactus Jack again. I almost called an audible and said we're not going to watch uh, the Miz movie for your homework. Well, you don't have that power, but go on. 
We're going to watch um, the uh, April 13th, 1998 Monday Night Raw. Uh, and that's going to be our homework. Because um, I'm going to watch it next week anyway. Yeah. So I feel like that is a holiday for a lot of people in our circle. Hmm. Alleged. Well, again, um, <laughs> so watching this at that time, you know, obviously the Internet was not what, you know, the Internet was what it was, but it wasn't what it was. And this comes out as taped, and like I think at the time they were like, "Oh, well, you know, Mick is going to take some time off because of the injuries and this, that, the other thing." And you know, nobody knew what was coming next. Mm-hmm. And now, with hindsight, twenty-five years later, I can't wait to relive what happens next. Well, luckily, it lines up with our podcast recording, you well, know. Otherwise. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to stink when this stuff lines up on, like, a Tuesday, you know? Well, we're going to – well, there, you know, when there was, like, that Tuesday Raw last month or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Um, I might almost finagle things <laughs> so that we record on the day of the Over the Edge pay-per-view so that I can talk about that match. I might just – that – so it, if it lines up with the schedule of me assigning homework – um, we're going to take a break from WCW in May toward the, like whatever my last week in May is going to be. Um, and we're going to watch, uh, 1998 over the edge, uh, WF pay-per-view. And that's the homework. So get ready for that. Like a month and a half from now. Okay. So I, I have a month and a half of WCW to suffer through. Yeah. Well, listen, I, again, I got to look at the schedule and I got to look at the pay-per-view schedule. I think, hey, listen, the, the episode of WCW Saturday night I'm, a, I'm assigning here coming up is a good one. All right. If you say so. All right. So enough about, oh, there's one more thing. Oh my God. One more thing. Look at me like a goddamn dope. <laughs> uh, nine years ago today was WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans. Okay. And the only thing that, yeah, okay, sure. This is when the Undertaker's streak is broken, right? Mm. Whatever. Yeah, who cares? This is when Danielson wins the title. Oh, I thought you were going to say this is when Cesaro won the Andre the Giant Memorial now, I w- Battle Royal. I was going to do a bit and make you name every winner of the Andre the Giant Battle Royal since its inception. <laughs> see if you can do it. Uh, I definitely couldn't, but I saw somebody tweet out something the other day when it said that like 90% of the winners aren't with the company anymore. So uh-huh. I started trying to think of past winners and I remembered like Brett or not Brett Hart, Jesus tap dancing Christ, <laughs> Matt Hardy. Amazing that I was thinking of Brett Hart and I said Matt Hardy. It must be similar wrestling mm. styles. Um, Gronk's friend. Uh, oh my god. I remember Mojo Raleigh won it once. Mojo Raleigh. Yeah, um, but yeah, those are the two that jump out at me, and obviously Lashley this year, but it's obviously one of the most worthless things. Madcap Moss. He won it? Okay, so wait, so okay. So right. Claudio. Yeah. Big Show. Okay. Baron Corbin. Okay. Mojo, Mojo Raleigh. Yeah. Matt Hardy. Yep. Braun Strowman. Okay. Jay Uso. Jeez, I have no memory of that. Right. Madcap Moss. No memory of that. And then Bob Lashley. I remember the Madcap Moss one because that was one of the so I, the, uh, the Jay Uso one is the one I wouldn't have remembered. Gotcha. I have no memory of him, you know, you know what I mean? But like that was toward the build toward main event Jay Uso. 
Because, like, yeah, I get that. Like, And all the ones where it's a big guy who just stands next to the statue crossing his arms to look like Andre, like, those all, like, I remember that stupid bit. But, like, the Cesaro one is the only one that almost led to something because didn't he become a Paul Heyman guy a couple days later? Yes. And then, obviously, that never went anywhere. But I was pumped for him at the time because it was like, hey, they're going to push Cesaro. But the the Madcap Moss one, I remember because he was on like the like so he wins it on the Friday on SmackDown, and then he was on the pre-show the next day for Mania, and they had his name wrong on the Chiron. <laughs> and this is when he was Corbin's guy, and this was the beginning of him being like, I'm the guy who tells Corbin jokes. Yeah, and then Corbin becomes like a bum. <laughs> And then, I don't know, anyway, but Madcap Moss, like, he's still with the company, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, quick, do all the Fabulous Moolah winners. No, there was none. <laughs> yeah, did, I mean, did they, obviously, they scrapped the name, but did they have more than one ladies rumble or battle royal? Uh, I don't think so. They, they got to have time for Snickers commercials, you know? <laughs> couldn't have them on the show. Right. Anyways. Anyway, uh, but yeah, Danielson winning the belt. Um, you know, obviously this doesn't happen if Punk doesn't leave WWE. Mm-hmm. Once um, again, Phil's a giver. Right. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> this was supposed to be Batista winning the title. Like, Batista had come back at the Royal Rumble that year with, like, the specific creative that it was going to be him winning the title. Um, if I look at this card, Danielson probably wouldn't even have been on WrestleMania because it would have been Triple H versus CM or CM Punk. Mm-hmm. It would have been Orton versus Batista for the title with Batista winning. Yeah, they would have maybe given Danielson like a pre-show match or something like something. He would have been nothing. Right. Yeah. And it was just with like the crowd was getting behind Danielson, you know, toward the end of 2013, beginning of 2013. 14 and I'll never forget that li- there was w- an episode of Raw or Smackdown for no reason they gave the yes chance to Big Show. <laughs> and like the cr- like the commentators were putting over like Danielson was not on the show at all and Big Show came out and was doing the yeses and the commentators were putting it over like it was the Big Show's thing. <laughs> And it was just like, they do not want Dan, like, they fought and clawed, and then, like, you'll remember, like, the lead-up, they do the thing where, like, they take over, like, um, Danielson holds Raw hostage, and all this other stuff, Stephanie's the fans in the, the ring. Yeah, and Stephanie's cutting the promos on him, there's a B-plus player, and all this other stuff, and they will tell you, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit later on, they will tell you that this was the plan all along, and it most certainly was not. They were forced. And yeah. and conversely, some people will say the fact that they acquiesced and allowed this nine years ago to happen is why they'll never allow it to happen again. Because I think that was maybe a little bit before they were able to convincingly change the crowd noise on television. Yes. <laughs> and they realized that if they had a main event of Batista versus Orton, it would just get booed nonstop. Like, they would just be, like, you would not be able to hide it or talk over it. Right. You know. <sighs> well, thankfully, they, they've learned from their mistakes and they're a great oh, now. Yes, yes. 
Uh, so, hey, that's enough history stuff. Let's get into more recent history. Let's talk about the last week in wrestling. Luckily, there was a ton of wrestling. Where would you like to begin, Adam? Uh, I'm going to, obviously, I'm going to start with WrestleMania. I'm going to do a couple broad strokes. Um, I said last week that, like, I had not much of an intention to watch it aside from the Cody Roman match. And I... I, I did have both nights on, but I, I kind of came in and out of paying attention to it. I didn't, you know, dissect the matches as much as, uh, you know, Tim and Marcus did over on Viewer's Choice. But, like, there was a couple matches that obviously I enjoyed. You know, the the triple threat with Walter and McIntyre and Sheamus. Uh, the women's title match with Bianca and Asuka. The Usos versus Sammy and KO was fun. But... As I said last week, the one match that I was going to watch, no matter what, was Roman versus Cody. And I say it all the time, Joe, that when wrestling is unpredictable and when something happens that I was not expecting, that's when I actually enjoy it. And the fact that they allowed Roman to win uh, and just derail what pretty much everybody in the wrestling world other than you thought was going to happen and have Cody lose. I was so excited after the show was over that like, holy shit, what was such a paint by numbers move didn't happen. And they let Roman win. And the fact that like, he was just eating up everything with the, the, the press conference afterwards and tweeting out videos of him whispering, acknowledge me. Like it was just such great heel stuff. And it left me leaving Mania being like, you know what? This WWE, maybe I've been giving it a hard time. Maybe I've got to go into things with more of an open mind going forward. And uh, you know, maybe they're just not a bad company, and I'm just not understanding them. And so I very uh, excitedly waited until the, the Raw after WrestleMania, and, and then other things happened, and we'll get to that. <laughs> but... When I came out of Mania, I was like, you know what? There, Other than the Roman-Cody match, there's not a match that I will ever want to see again. But, like, I enjoyed it. And I saw somebody tweet out that WrestleMania entrances are to, like, casual WWE fans as Super Bowl commercials are to non-NFL fans. And I was like, I, I kind of relate to that because I don't care about all these competitors, but I like the entrances. I like the pageantry of WrestleMania. And as far as that goes, like they, they had a really good two day showing that they most definitely didn't squander the next day. Well, okay. Squander the next day. We'll get to squandering it the next day. Right. And that's the one thing that WWE does right is they do WrestleMania, right? Okay. Whether you're going to go back and watch this stuff again, if you watched at the time, it was a spectacle that was enjoyable and that you're going to remember at least something from, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch night one live as it was happening because I was out in Washington, D.C. seeing um, uh, Sarah Milliken with my wife. Um, but I was getting the updates, like, going down and coming home and everything. And, like, and it's not like I'm going to have anything spoiled for me, but, like, night one was kind of, like, not the night for me, okay? Same. Um, except for the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Usos match. And then... It was one of those things where when because there had been speculation, right, because, you know, we were under the impression that Charlotte and Rhea was going to be the main event. And then there was even a little bit of speculation just because the way that the graphic went up, um, that Cena and Theory was going to be the main event. Right. Yeah. And that's what I thought last week. Yeah. Right. Right. And then um, 
And then they officially announced, like, at 5 o'clock on Saturday that the main event was going to be um, the tag match, the tag title match. And it was at that point I was 100%. Like, I, and last week on the show, I'm like, I'm convincing myself that Roman's going to win so that it, like, adds a little bit of mystery to the show, right? Mm-hmm. When they put the tag match as the main event in night one, I go, okay, I am now 100% convinced that Roman is going to win, Okay. Because they weren't going to have the two main events be title changes. They just weren't going to do it. And I knew Sammy and Kevin were going to win. And I was then at that point convinced. Now, there was one bit during Cody's entrance where they got me. Like, I was, listen, I was tweeting. I was making my remarks. And I had a tweet ready to go in regards to Cody's thing. And uh, he gives the belt to, uh, the, the weight belt to little Brody at ringside. Yeah, big surprise. Then, like, I popped for that. You and know? I, well, I knew they were there. I knew Amanda and the boys were there. Um, you know, they were putting a lot of stuff out on social media. Um, and they, hand, you know, and they had uh, Cody hands little Brody the belt. And they mention on commentary that that's, you know, John Huber, Brody Lee, Luke Harper's son, um, and everything else like that. And I'm like, Son of a bitch, I can't believe they're going to have Cody lose after they did that, you know? Yeah. Um, And that's why, like, I kind of, like, I went quiet afterwards because I'm like, shit. Um, But as a side note to the rest of this, and we'll get into the Cody stuff and we'll get into the Monday Night Raw stuff as well. um, Fuck Sal of Dragon Gate Evolve fame. Fuck Kevin Gill. And fuck Rebby Hardy. You're all scum. And you should all die. Anyway. <laughs> Are you going to elaborate on that? Because I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'll elaborate on that. Yeah, Sal, I, I don't know. Sal went on Facebook and said, uh, and I don't know how to pronounce Sal's last name, Haomari, whatever the fuck it is, right? So Sal goes on Facebook while WrestleMania is going on. And listen, Sal's a canceled motherfucker. There's so many women that called him out during speaking out. The fact that he even has a sniff in the world of professional wrestling, right? To this day. And it's a small sniff at that, okay? Mm-hmm. And this is going to be a side note for uh, a little bit later on the show in Weekly Purges, okay? Mm-hmm. So Sal puts, seriously, how much disrespect can Tony Khan take? This guy pours hundreds of millions into a company that provides excellent jobs for hundreds of people only to have them show up backstage and front row of his competition. I'd fire every single one of them. Fuck that guy. So um, Kevin Gill uh, says, uh, he replies to that, uh, saying, I was shocked to see it myself. I can't believe they'd do that to Tony. Rebby Hardy says, hot take, but I agree with you. Now, it's none of my business to say out here what Amanda had to say about that sort of shit, but the fact that she had to read that sort of shit on Facebook from a piece of shit like Sal, and whether you know it, like, there's been stuff out there publicly, but there's also stuff out there privately of what Cody did for Amanda and those boys while John, her husband, their father, was dying. The day that John passed away, and again, my apologies here. The day that John passed away and Amanda had to go to the hospital to be with him to like agree to pull the plug on him. Cody dropped everything to go be with those two boys 
to make sure that they were safe and they had a comforting thing. Okay. Yeah. So fuck you out there for saying that shit. Okay. And like, I understand you want to like, there's people out there that want to be cool and an edge Lord and say crazy shit. And I say dumb shit out there as well. I, 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 I think sometimes the shit that I say is so outrageous or so innocuous that no one would take it seriously, but it's stuff like this that makes me think that people do take the shit that I say seriously. Sal Haomari is like a 60-year-old man putting shit up on his Facebook saying that Amanda should lose her job because of the relationship that Cody has with her son. And then people that are in the business as well are like, yeah, Sal, way to go. I'd make sure that those people were blackballed from the business and never had a job ever again. But that's just me. I'm a piece of shit. Jesus fucking Christ. Fuck these people. Rebby Hardy, like, fucking, who the hell is, she's been a piece of shit tweeter for years now. Like, I I never heard of these other two people, but they sound like garbage as well. Oh, Oh, no, you know OG Kevin Gill, former commentator of GCW, current MC or whatever it is, for two people at a Circle Six show WrestleMania weekend. Uh, I'm happy to to say that I, I know it by name only. All right. God. So anyway, fuck all those people. Cody loses, right? Yeah. You then wanted to talk about what happens to Cody on Raw. Um. Yeah, yeah. Before I was, gonna, I got derailed. I was going to say something else, but oh, I was going to say like another thing that made me really happy when Roman won, and it's not because like I I don't hate Cody as much as some of the people on the network, and uh, <laughs> you don't love them as much as some of the other people on the network. Also, do that was my follow up as well. I'm very neutral on Cody, and but I'm a Roman guy. I've said for a year now that the bloodline is the only non Alexa thing on the show that I care about. So the fact that Roman won and I'm a heel guy, like I like the heel champions. I was down for all of that. But the thing that made it all the more satisfying for me, Joe is just the people losing their mind on Twitter. And I'm not talking about the WWE pilled, like Stan accounts. That's like their account is like Becky Lynch, WWE seven, two, four, six, one. I'm talking about like people that are like established names on Twitter that have ginormous followings that tweeted like chains of like 30 tweets about here's the, all the reasons why this is going to kill the business. And this is going to lead to a dark times. This is the new gen era of WWE happening all over again. And I just sat there and I was just like, you you're going this crazy over your guy, the guy that you thought was going to win losing. Like they're pointing out like all these children that are huge Cody fans that now are going to stop watching WWE because Roman won. It's more of the same. And I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like what an odd take. The first thing that WWE has done to a, get people talking to B make people like me that are very much so a lapsed fan actually be in, interested in what's happening and you're going to decry it like it's the downfall of WWE like it was just, i i was mad but i found it hilarious at the same time so i'm not a, i get Cody but i could never be a Cody fan Cody's a fun punching bag right uh-huh. Yeah. He's a very memeable, gifable wrestler in like a fun way. Cause he puts his foot in his mouth and he's a big giant liar. <laughs> um, and he has a stupid neck tattoo and all these other things, right? Yeah. Um, 
but I said here when I was convincing myself that Roman was going to win that if Cody didn't get hurt over the summer, we absolutely would have saw Cody win here. It's a time issue. They had it in their mind that Cody needed to compete for X amount of time to get that belt. I would put money today that Cody's winning that belt at SummerSlam. Like, that's as sure as a thing that you can get. Barring Cody getting hit by his own fucking boss, right? (laughs) Or Roman getting injured. Okay, barring injuries to either of the parties, Cody versus Roman 2 is happening at SummerSlam, whether it be from a storyline point where Cody, you know, he, he climbed the mountain, he had some stumbles, but he made it, finally. Or the, the, the actual reasons was, you could say that we knew going into, we knew a year ago that, the, that this year's WrestleMania's main event was going to be Cody versus Roman. The night after Raw, Cody came out and more or less called the shot that the match was going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. So we knew, so there was no mystery, there was no build, there was no anything. We knew the match was a foregone conclusion. We knew however we were getting there, it was going to happen. So now there's a little bit of mystery. Paul Heyman's told us the match isn't going to happen. Now Cody has to work a little bit extra harder to get that match, however he's going to get there, and we'll get there how he's going to get there. Um, I don't think this hurts Cody in any way, shape, or form. Um, Cody is a perfectly acceptable cornball wrestler in the world wrestling entertainment, and he's a Vince guy. Like, Vince and Bruce are the ones that handpicked Cody for this spot over a year ago. And now that Vince is back in charge, it's going to happen unless Vince has one of his unpredictable mood swings, which never happens with Vince. Um, But the other reason is, is now that you could do the you saw how good the first match drew for WrestleMania. Why not do a similar draw with a similar gate and a similar merch number and a similar buy rate or view rate or however they metric these things now that WWE's on Peacock, why not do a second one in the rematch in the same year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why not get two big houses instead of just one big house, right? And that's the other thing. So let's say Cody won the belt last night, or WrestleMania. Then what? Yeah, because, I mean... What was the plan? <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't have. If you take out rematches with Roman, there is no like next guy. You know, there's nobody else built up. But I, I get what you're saying, and I, I do have a, just kind of an off-topic question because I'm going to say I don't see Roman Cody two happening at SummerSlam, and it, if it does happen, I don't see that being when Cody wins it. I can see them just pushing this off until WrestleMania 40. Okay. You know, And just having the excuse be that, well, there is no rematch. They've already said that. So the only way to get that rematch is to win the Rumble. You know, I guess you could win the Money in the Bank, too. But, you know, the storyline makes more sense that you got to win the Rumble again. But I I don't see why burn it off on SummerSlam when you could just wait until WrestleMania. And then that passes a bunch of the the milestones that they're they're hard on right now in the WWE. They they could pass... Whatever whatever milestone you have in your mind, they could pass before SummerSlam. You want them yeah. to get to a thousand days, that's July. You want to yeah. get have them get to exactly three years as champion, that's SummerSlam. 
No, I get you, but I'm just saying there's more money to be made in having it be the main event of WrestleMania. But I say, why not do a WrestleMania buy rate gate house number at a SummerSlam, and then you have two WrestleManias? Well, that's what I was going to. Well, this is my my thing that I thought about when I was watching wrestling this weekend. How long do you think it's going to take, and do you think it's a good idea, for them to do SummerSlam Saturday and SummerSlam Sunday? And then slowly, eventually be like, Royal Rumble Saturday, Royal Rumble Sunday with a rumble on each night. And just take the big four pay-per-views. Because if you can have a stadium show and sell twice the tickets... I think SummerSlam is going to be the test. They're not going to do Survivor Series, because Survivor Series is a dead show. But I could see them doing the three, because sadly it's only the big three now. Mania... SummerSlam, Royal Rumble. If SummerSlam does a WrestleMania buy rate number, you will see 2024 Royal Rumble be a two-night show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just something I thought about. I was like, why limit yourself to WrestleMania if you're making all this fucking money, you know? Let's test it. Let's see if the rematch at SummerSlam draws a WrestleMania number. Well, have the rematch, but have Roman win. And then Cody doesn't win until WrestleMania. (laughs) No. Because, like we used to do back in the day, me and Bruce and Pat and Vince got around the pool this past Wednesday. And by them, I mean me and Dave at the comic book shop. And we booked out to SummerSlam. (laughs) Because here's the biggest problem with all of this. And the problem isn't Cody, okay? The problem isn't WWF, problem isn't Vince, problem isn't Triple H. And you're going to be shocked when I say this. And you are part of the problem. The Uh-oh. problem is Roman is too cool. <laughs> okay? All right. Roman's a heel, but he's a cool heel. And it's not like Roman's going out there to be a cool heel. It's just Roman is naturally a cool dude, right? He exudes, like, right. something. Confidence. It factor. Right. And, you know, that's something that, when The Rock first started and they saddle him with the blue chipper and they saddle him with this and then it took them like almost a year and a half, two years to let him be himself and then he gets over as one of the biggest stars not only in wrestling but also in the world. How long did they hamper and saddle and bridle Roman with every stupid bullshit thing in the world until they finally just said, fuck it, let him be himself. And now he's the head of the table and everything else, you know, the the longest reigning champion, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you can't just say to Roman, like, hey, we need Cody to be more over. You need to be less cool. It doesn't work that way. Right. Yeah. So how do you make Roman not less cool, but more hateable? Because when they did the WrestleMania entrances and they're doing the introductions, like Cody got a lot of cheers, right? I would say Cody got like 90, 95% cheers, but Roman got like 75% cheers, right? Mm-hmm. That should have been a 100 to 0 split. It should have been that entire crowd behind Cody, give or take 5%, and that entire crowd against Roman, give or take 5 or six, 5 5%, right? So WWE's plan is not to rebuild Cody back up, but to figure out the way 
to make Roman hateable so that when you get to SummerSlam, Cody has that 100% crowd support and Roman has the crowd much more against him than for him. So well, first first question is, how is this my fault? Because I'm, I'm pro-Roman? Because you said before you like Roman because he's a cool heel. Oh, no, I get you, but that's not my fault. That's, well, that's Roman's fault. Okay, <laughs> but you're part of the problem. How is Roman? What uh, Adam, as a Roman fan, yes. what can Roman do to make you boo him? Uh, wrestle somebody better than Cody Rhodes. Mm. <laughs> that, like, that's the thing is I'll never, I don't want to say never, but in their current incarnations, I don't care if Roman like tied Alexa Bliss to a train tracks. I'm still going to cheer for him over Cody. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, I, I have nothing against Cody, but like, what are the stereotypical things you do as a heel to get heat? Like, he is he going to attack Brandy Rhodes? Well, that's the ultimate babyface move. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you. Yeah, no, okay. I get you, but you were asking what it would take right. to get me to 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 boo Roman Reigns, and right. like, uh, was are they going to bring in the 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 Deathmatch King and have him get squashed oh. by Roman? Okay, maybe. <laughs> You know, like I, I, I legitimately, given those two options, I don't know what would make me suddenly support Cody. But you, I don't want you to support Cody. I want you to boo Roman. But just like boom in general. Just no, like, I don't want you to boom because you're part of the show booing him. No, no, no. I mean, like just his something about you want me to find something about Roman that his just him coming out and hearing his music would make me you'd be like, boo, thumbs down, like legitimately feel it. Yeah, I don't like. I don't know. Like, I don't. You're, you're that five percent. I'm that five percent. The listeners of this show, for the most part, are that five percent, right? Yeah. It's not you that we need to get. It's the other fans, like the, the 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 much larger audience, the fans that attend the shows, that buy the merch, that you know, all that sort of thing. We need to convince them. And by we, I mean me and Pat and Bruce and Vince and Dave sitting around the pool booking the territory. And you know what the boar can come to. He's got a lot of good ideas. Um, but I, I, I feel as though we got there. We painted a picture, Dave and I, at the comic book shop. I'm not going to share it here on the show because the show isn't going to be like the fantasy booking show. But if you want to know how we get there, like how we get there, whether it works or not is another story. Um, but I definitely think it could be done. Well, can I can I say that like if you take out saying okay, what would it take to get Adam to boo Roman? I, we already established I don't think that that's going to happen. But if you want to have the standard WWE fans, the ones who yeah. pay actual money to go to Monday Night Raw, like pay money to go to Raw, <laughs> like if you want them to boo Roman, uh, number one, I think you you can't have the Usos with them because the Usos okay. are cool. Right, you know, just the association there. It's like, hey, you got these two cool young dudes, have flashy moves, you know, wear six shoes, get them away from Roman. He lost Rome, uh, the the Usos. Uh, I would probably take Paul Heyman away from him because Paul Heyman, love him or not, like him talking, like he, like the ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman. That is over. The crowd likes yep. chanting along with it. They like the wise man. Get him away, where it's just Roman. Roman can't say, Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, acknowledge me. That gets a pop, even though it's, like, meant to be a dick thing to say. Like, you're saying, like, bow down to me. You're still getting the cheap pop from the crowd. Get rid of that stuff. 
and make him less jokey where he's like casually talking to the person he's going to fight. Just have him go more stoic and silent. I think those basic things might cause the, the paying audience to think he's less of a cool, cool heel. I like these ideas. When I go back up, <laughs> talk with the, you know, the booking Get committee. The pool. All right. Yeah. Yeah. These are, good, these are good. I'm going to pass this along. Right. Perfect. Um, but again, like I said, the problem's not Cody. Um, you know, Cody's a perfect WWE athlete, sports entertainer, right? Um, you know, when Cody wins the belt at SummerSlam, and then our our winter program is him versus The Miz, you know, everyone will be happy, right? Yeah. And they could do the well, doink. They could do the doink mirror spot with each other, right? <laughs> Yeah, so could, you want to get on to the Raw after WrestleMania? No, because there is one more thing that I have to mention. We talked about WrestleMania so much. And okay. Adam, you are probably forgetting maybe the greatest moment in WrestleMania history. Mm, okay. I think I know what you're putting down. Hey, need more than that. Come on, Miz. Oh, Shane still got it. Well... I was expecting your drop. might have come down wrong on his knee. That's the risk you take. This is all Snoop Dogg's fault. Look at, look at Miz. What a great host. Miz at WrestleMania. He's he's victorious without even breaking a sweat. Now Shane came think, down wrong on his knee off the leap. This is WrestleMania. These are W. Ah! Snoop just punched Miz in the mouth. And Snoop. You all right, Kyle? Oh, no. Hold on. Hold on. The Miz was about I can't to, believe that, Kyle. We were about to declare Miz victorious. You knocked my homeboy out like that? Like that? That's what you're going to do? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> this is out. Miz is out. Who's the referee saying just pin him? Thousand people. Snoop's got a right hand. Who knew? I, I still think we have a match. I mean, Snoop Dogg declared that a match was going to take place. Well, I, I, the Snoop Dogg's going to make sure the match this, continues. This isn't okay. No elbow Snoop pad. Do whatever he What's wants. He got? I guess we are in Inglewood. I think those glasses cost those more cross, than Those crotch chops. Look at him hitting the ropes. Just attacking him. Nobody oh, said that he In me. In me, he says. He runs the ropes like Kelly Kelly. I think it's great. Standing ovation for Snoop Dogg. You're a winner. All right. I'm, I just want to say before you do your thing, uh, I saw the discourse around this. Uh I'm going to I'm going to lay out on this and just let you talk about it, because I know that this has popped the Internet huge. Uh, me, not as much like kudos to him for thinking on his feet. But this isn't like my number one WrestleMania moment like it is for the boar. <laughs> oh, my God. Listening to uh, Final Wrestling Place and them reacting to this. 
Um, and the fact that they told the story that uh, the boar was crying for like another like half hour after this happened. I'm watching it, and I thought it was his ankle at first, like the way that he came down. And they later come out and they say that he like tore his quad, just like his old man or whatever it is. But that's one of those things. It's still in the Peacock version as of Tuesday, right? I am not going to pull a Peacock right now because I'm a poor and I have the ads version, whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, please, please don't pull up your cock. Oh, my goodness. But I could see them um, eventually. Like, they made no mention of it afterwards. Um, you know, who knows what the storyline of the angle with Shane O'Mac was supposed to be after this. Was this supposed to be just to be a one-off? We saw lightning in a bottle. A WrestleMania, an actual unplanned WrestleMania moment happened. And... The fact that Snoop Dogg calls the audible to just punch the Miz in the face. The referee is like saying like and like pin him, and the Snoop's like, "No, nah, dog, it's WrestleMania. I'm gonna do the fucking shittiest people's elbow in the history of the world." And then as he comes down for the people's elbow, the Miz just right on camera is just saying like, "Pin me, pin me, pin me, pin me." Just unbelievable. Anything can happen in the world wrestling entertainment. Uh, Joe, I just want to say. Forget Bad Bunny, forget Logan Paul, Pat McAfee. They can all go to hell. If you want to do a gate at SummerSlam, The Miz versus Snoop Dogg. That's your undercard. That's your night two. That's your night one main event. Your night two main event is Cody Roman too. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Sell out that stadium. <laughs> all right. So you had more stuff to talk about for the Raw after WrestleMania. <sighs> I, I, I'm not going to go a deep dive into it. I'm just going to say myself as well as uh, I saw DJ tweet pretty much the same thing. I, I go listen to We Need Wrestling. Me and him had very similar feelings coming out of WrestleMania and going into the Raw after WrestleMania. And I watched, I'd say, 80% of that real time, you know, which I, I never watch Raw like live, but I was watching it skipping over very little waiting for that electric post WrestleMania raw moment and show starts off. We have triple H coming out to address, you know, we're not going anywhere, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, you know, that's, that's a, not a great promo, but that's a promo that I wasn't expecting. This is the raw after WrestleMania and a bunch of stuff happens that could have happened on a random SmackDown in the middle of the year. And, the one big oh my god moment that shook the wrestling world to its core was uh hey Matt Riddle came back. Yay. A lot of people a lot of people over the age of eight were excited about that. Uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> so um the only thing that I watched live from Raw on Monday was the uh Kevin Owens Sami Zayn promo, right? Yeah. And it didn't feel the same as their build it didn't feel the same as the match. It didn't feel the same as their, you know, discussion at the presser after the match. Um, you know, you know, I, and like I said, it was taken care of um, over on Final Wrestling Places. The information came out and other podcasts on the network uh, or on Viewer's Choice, rather. Viewer's Choice um, got to mention this with the sale of WWE to, to um, what's that, Endeavor. I almost said Anthem, which would be even more hilarious. <laughs> um, but And then Vince gives the thing where they ask him if he's going to be involved in creative anymore, and he just says yes and no. And I'm like, well, that's a yes is what that is. Um, but in all of this, all of the problems that everyone has with Vince's creative and you know this person not getting the shot and Cody made, being made to look like a fool, you know who the biggest victim in all of this is, Adam? 
Bobby Lashley? Oh. L.A. Knight is the biggest victim. He loses the Andre Battle Royal, which he should have won. You heard that crowd react to him when he got thrown out. They were pissed. Then, no L.A. Knight moment for WrestleMania. And leading up to Vince's ousting over the summer, if you remember, L.A. Knight, when he was Max Dupree, got sent home because him and Vince didn't see eye to eye on what the character was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So now that Vince is back in creative, yeah, yes or no, LA Knight's fucked. Yeah. And I, just to finish my thought about Monday Night Raw, it, it, it could have been any generic Raw or SmackDown over the past six months. You know, nobody was presented differently. Uh, I will argue that, like, I don't care about Cody versus Lesnar. I saw that coming a mile away, but that's not, like, the hot new direction the company's going in, like, that you should be excited about. There was nothing in a three-hour broadcast. There was nothing that hooked me to want to tune into SmackDown, to tune into the next Raw. And, like, you have all these eyes on you and all this goodwill that you just built up from a a great WrestleMania to just go and give them nothing on Monday Night Raw. Like, I'm back out. And you had your opportunity to get me. You know, and LA Knight aside, that giant fumbled ball right there, uh, there's a lot of eyes tuned into Raw just willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, saying, okay, you have my attention. What can you do? And they did nothing. And it's just, it's, it was a giant joke that the dynamite after Raw was more impactful than the, I'm sorry, the dynamite after WrestleMania was more impactful than the Raw after WrestleMania. So, I'm with you. Um, I won't be watching SmackDown Live. I'll definitely be keeping an eye toward it to see how different um, Triple H's promo to start SmackDown or SmackDown this week is going to be from the one that he gives on Raw. I'll be looking to see if LA Knight's on there. But, uh, you know, if you enjoyed the Triple H regime since this past August, um, I, I, I feel as though you're going to be in for a world of hurt coming up here, you know? Yeah. How many it's, of the, uh, I just want to say, how many of the Infinity Gauntlet acquisitions of Pop H are going to be gone in the next month or two? Killer Cross is gone, which means Scarlet. And Scarlet. And oh. Scarlet. Um, Fiend is gone for sure, and anyone that was picked up under the Fiend, like secretly Bo Dallas coming back and whomever else. Um, all of Hit Row is gone. <laughs> good riddance. <laughs> um, if he knows what's good for him, John Gargano will just stay down in NXT and never come back up to the main roster and hope Vince forgets about him. Yeah. Um, to paraphrase somebody else, in the six months or however long it's been that Vince has been gone, eight months, I would like Vince to go to NXT and line up the entire roster, and if he could guess their first names. <laughs> I'd like, don't even, you know what I mean? Like, don't even tell me. Yeah. Uh, right. But, yeah. Ah, oh, it's such a shame because you know all those memes that said like Triple H Booker of the Year. <laughs> they're not going to come true anymore. No, they're not. Um, so you know we're sitting here, we're talking. Um, you would mention about all these grown ass men writing thirty page screeds on their uh, on their twitters. 
in regards to how dare they do this to poor Cody and the reaction that these folks had in this regard. Adam, I'm going to take you back to Friday. Okay. All right. We're going to talk about the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. And after we recorded our show last week, they put like a road to the pay-per-view up. And they did this whole thing with Mark Briscoe talking about Jay and showing him with the family and the whole build up to him with the match with Samoan Joe for the TV title. And then Mark Briscoe loses. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they do everything for weeks on Ring of Honor TV, building up the rivalry with Claudio and Eddie Kingston, showing how far back their rivalry goes back to some rinky-dink promotion that ran in half of a basketball court in eastern Pennsylvania. Um, Ten-plus years in the history that these men have, and men that held the title in a ring of honor before, like Low-Key and Homicide and Xavier. And these were men that were mentors to Eddie Kingston coming up in the world of professional wrestling. And then the Ring of Honor pay-per-view goes off the air and Eddie Kingston loses in the main event for the world title. And uh, (laughs) I don't want to say that I was like those uh, Cody fans, (laughs) but I will say this. Um, uh, The Mark thing. So anytime something like this happens in a non-WF promotion, even a WF promotion. Let's assume that there's something else going on that we don't know about, okay? Let's assume, and again, I don't know. I haven't seen any of the Ring of Honor taping stuff. Um, You know, Mark just lost his brother not two months ago, right? Mm -hmm. And let's say he was okay with the buildup toward the pay-per-view. But now that the pay-per-view's over, he's going to take some time and spend it with his family. So they can't put the belt on him, right? Mm -hmm. They could always come back to it. The Eddie stuff. And I'm going to give credit to my friend that I've known for a very long time, uh, professional wrestler Grant Akuma. He said that the thing that makes Eddie so over is his climb. People cheer Eddie because they want to see him fight for the title. They don't want to see him be the champion, whether they realize it or not. And I give the example, and Eddie... Get, and listen, no bigger Eddie Kingston supporter than me. I thought the match was fantastic. It was probably my favorite match of the entire weekend um, because it was just so different than anything else that I saw. It, the, different than anything that was on the pay-per-view, different than anything that I saw for the rest of the weekend, right? Mm-hmm. So Eddie in his um, promos and everything else building up mentions Homicide. Homicide, his run in Ring of Honor from 2003 – 2003 until 2006 was him going for the world title. And it did not matter who the champion was. If it was Samoa Joe, he lost. And he got shot after shot against Samoa Joe, and he lost. He gets shots against Austin Aries and loses. He gets shots against Jamie Noble and loses. He gets shots against Punk and loses. He gets shots against Danielson and loses until finally... After the CZW feud is over, at Final Battle 2006, Homicide finally wins the Ring of Honor title after a three-year fight to get that belt. And on the very next show, with him as champion, the crowd shit all over him. Hmm. Because there's certain characters in wrestling that, and this is a Bruceism. That there's certain characters, for whatever reason, that don't need the title. 
Jake Roberts never needed to be the world champion. Roddy Piper never needed to be the world champion. These are guys that we love. And we want the guys that we love to be the world champion. Sometimes not realizing that the reason that we love them is because of their fight to the world title. Not them being the world champion. The fact that they sometimes they want to be champ but never will be is also you know, an appealing thing, yes. you know, cause you, you see, you know, none of us, you and I aren't going to be world champion. And we, you see something in Eddie Kingston, you know, because, not to say that he won't be champ, but right. Because Eddie on the climb to the mountain is different than Eddie as the king of the mountain. And, and as you know, there's no, only one no, no. king of the mountain. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, like I said, as a, as a fan, um, suspending all disbelief, I so bad wanted Eddie to win that belt, and I was pissed off when it happened, but I was like, it was a really good match, yeah. and we don't know if the story's over or it's continuing, and they pretty much said on commentary, this is far from over, Eddie cuts the promo afterwards saying, like, this is far from over, and I, uh, you know, have no choice but to believe them and say, this is far, you know, this is far from over, right? Yeah, and, and plus it's not like he lost to Chris Jericho. You know, and it's he not lost, like Claudio. Squ- it's not like Claudio squashed him or something. Yeah, no. But at the end of the day, it's like, oh, oh, shucks. You know, Claudio's the Ring of Honor World Champion. You know, like it's right. still a, a guy that I want to stay behind. And maybe Eddie Kingston will finish his story at the uh, at Wembley. You know, you never know. Right, you never know, and. Like, my whole thing is, you know, whenever the next Arthur Ashe show is, which unfortunately isn't going to be until, like, end of the summer, early September, you have Eddie win a belt there. But so much can change between now and then. Yeah. All right. It's it's funny how, like, I I do remember seeing, like, obviously a lot of frustrated people on on Twitter uh, this past Friday night and Saturday morning around that Ring of Honor show. But it seems like a ancient history and be like, it was completely drowned out by the, the Cody Roman stuff. Yeah. But all right. I mean, that's it for me. I'm not going to deep dive into WWE being purchased by the UFC, whatever yeah, different whatever. streaming service. I have to buy. All right. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Or I'll get or, off or, or a streaming service that I could cancel. <laughs> exactly. I can, I can finally, I can finally cut the cock <laughs> and uh, get something else. I don't know. But I think that's it. Yeah, that's really all I got to. Um, we hit pretty much anything and everything that we wanted to hit there. Uh, of course, the homework will be over on the Patreon for next week since there was, you know, we're Adam's assigning me. He mentioned it already uh, that we'll be watching the Marine Four. And what's the subtitle of it? Uh, something snipery. Uh <laughs> Moving I, I, target. There we go. Yeah, I don't. Uh, starring uh, Summer Ray <laughs> as a sniper. I've been told. <laughs> and this is it's in only ninety minutes, so that's acceptable, right? Yeah. Um. So that'll what we'll be discussing next week on the Patreon. Um. Adam mentioned, of course, Patreon.com/slash at odds wrestling. You can go to at odds for all the information about all the shows and everything else, um, including our ebay affiliate links 
Uh, when you click on links to various merchants on this site to make a purchase, this can result in the site earning a commission. Affiliate programs and affiliations include, but are not limited to, the eBay Partner Network. Yeah. Um, T Public sale is going on. I, it looks like they had initially said it was only going on for Wednesday and Thursday, but now it looks like it's rolling over into th- Friday. I don't know. T Public seems like a fly by night operation. Um, <laughs> but we did have a purchase uh, just uh, today. Somebody purchased a Fig Daddy Cool shirt. Oh, well, I mean, thanks for making the purchase. Probably the, the worst shirt you can buy on the site. But other than that, I'm sure I could find one worse. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't don't be mean to the Uncle Taker shirt. <laughs> I don't mean on our side. I mean of all of T Public. Oh, okay. I thought you just meant out of like the no. Harsh. All right, fair enough. Uh, I mean the entire website T Public. I'm sure <laughs> oh. I can find a shirt worse than the Big Daddy Cool shirt. <laughs> I'm sure since this is all like uploadable content, there's some vile shit available. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, hey, Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, a.k.a. IndependentWrestling.tv, um, if and when we ever get back to watching uh, Chikara stuff. And, hey, hey, if you didn't watch it a couple months ago when we assigned it, Ashes is on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. So get watching that, priming up for the Patreon show that's dropping on Monday. Um, use our promo code at odds. Let's Jerry know you came to him from us. And if you continue your subscription with them, uh, you know, you'll we'll get a little bit of a kickback. Um, but also, Adam, as we record this, we are um, what fifteen days away from the next LVAC show. Yep, and it is NWO sold out. Right, even though my spell check always wants to spell correct NWO to now, which is how it's listed here. <laughs> um, listen, I just say, hey, show sold out in four days from the tickets going on sale. You know what I mean? That's awesome, and the only thing at that time that was announced was two matches and a bunch of talent. And a lot of it is the same talent that's been a lot of the other um, LVAC shows. It just goes to show what it is to build, because they've been doing LVAC shows now for, what, five years? Mm -hmm. So they built, like, their little niche, their fandom that like to come to the LVAC shows and you'll see when you go to those shows or when they go up on Jerry's internet wrestling emporium or you buy the DVDs and you watch the shows at home, you will see there's an independent fan there, but you also see that there's not wrestling fans there. There are fan there. There are fans at LVAC shows that are fans of LVAC. Yeah. It's a very weird crowd. Like I, like you said, I, I don't think half of those people will ever go to another show. Like, you're not going to see them at some other indie. You know, they're just fans of the vibe, fans of the, the inclusiveness, yes. the music. You know, there's something about the combination that draws, like, half that crowd, you know? Right. But right now we have Big Dan in a handicap match against Bojack and Jakob Hammermeyer. Uh, the oh, debut- Bojack and Jakob, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The debuting team of Starlight 17 taking on what I'm dubbing the LVAC mega powers of Cheeseburger and Edith Surreal. Oh, yeah. And we also have uh, Clara Sierras taking on the debuting KZT, who I will admit I am very unfamiliar with. She is debuting, but I got two weeks to do my homework uh, on her. And again, a lot of other familiar names and faces have been announced for the LVAC show. I don't know who the band is. Somebody tried to tell me who it was, and I'm just like, I'm an old, I don't know nothing, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But you, you're going to hit the plugs for the podcast, and then we're going to hit the phone calls. All right. Yeah, I'm all a little out of order here, but uh, those podcasts you should listen to are Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, Wrestling Cheers, Indie Wrestling Guide, Wings on Wings, and maybe coming soon, Hiabusi, a wrestling adjacent podcast. All right. Uh, Voicemails, huh? Yeah, let's do it. All right. First calls from uh, our good friend Pat. Okay, hello boys. It is Ronald Two Legs. Uh, it is Friday at eleven thirty. The show just dropped whatever last night, but I'm now just listening to it this morning. Had a real rough morning, and now all of a sudden I'm, I'm starting off early. I am fucking fifty seconds into this show, and I'm already on the heater. All heater, no heater, whatever the fucking button is. I can't take this shit anymore. Adam, what is your deal with Cleveland baseball fans? Why do you constantly poke the bear? Because you have this idea because one fan you talk to doesn't pay attention half the season that, that all of us just don't give a shit. Well, I don't give a shit anymore because it's fucking baseball. It's like 180 games. But when I was, I went to every single opening day game for a fucking decade straight. How many games a year do you go to Yankee Stadium there, Adam? I'm just curious how many... How many games you're checking in at the old uh, Bronx or wherever the fuck that thing is now? They've moved it now. How many times? But how many games a year would you say you go to? I'm just I'm just curious. Um, this is probably going to be phone call one of many because I'm just in an absolute ripe mood of all moods this morning after all kinds of shit that happened to me. So I'm I'm sure I'll be calling again later once I hear some more slander on this show. That's all it's become anymore. I got this feud going with that. I don't even know what he's going to say. God only knows. All right. Love you, Joe. I love you too, Adam. You just pissed me off. Bye. All right. Lots to unpack before I forget. Number one, uh, you literally just said uh, you go to the opening day game and then stop paying attention because the season's too long. So uh, apology accepted. Number two, I wouldn't call it poking a bear. It's more like poking like a like a poodle uh, when oh you poke God. Cleveland fans. Uh, number three, I live three hours away from Yankee Stadium, and because they have fans that go to all their games, the tickets are very expensive. It's not like I can go to a Guardians game where they give you like two for $10 and throw in a hot dog and free parking. So there's actually demand for Yankee games. But I will say there's, a, I believe, a three-game, possibly four-game set Guardians. Guardians versus Yankees occurring in Cleveland this week. Uh, I believe by before we record again, the Yanks and Guardians will have played their first series. So we'll see what happens there, Mr. Two Legs. Now, I, I do want to say uh, last week when I uh, goaded you into talking about baseball to start the show, uh. <laughs> it was because I knew we would get this call, not yeah. specifically from Pat, but from someone. And, uh, yeah, and it's like, oh, yeah, I get it. Oh, bloops, look at us. We hit singles. Yeah, a lot of good that does you when you play a real team in the playoffs. So keep beating crappy teams by hitting, like, bunt singles. Uh, and then I'm sure all of your hard work will get erased by one Glaber Torres home run. So eat it. <laughs> all right. Pat calls in again. Uh, yep. Hello, it's uh, Big Daddy Ronald here uh, calling back to uh, phone call number two. Uh Nobody really said anything the rest of the show that pissed me off, so this one this one will be a little bit um, nicer, at least in comparison to that first phone call. Uh, um, so, 
I just wanted to say I really agreed with a lot of Joe's takes uh, for WrestleMania this weekend. Thank you. Um, I would be pretty happy if a lot of the things he predicted happened. Uh, I, I agreed with a lot of the stuff he said. I don't know if most of it will come true, but I would like it if they did. Um, I don't even really know how much of WrestleMania I'm going to end up watching. Uh, i got to check the local Blast Zone area and see where everyone's getting <laughs> together because I sure as shit ain't just going to sit at my house. And watch it, I'll fall asleep. Um, but I know Adam had mentioned that Ed uh, was putting up pictures of his famous, uh, his favorite, excuse me, favorite San Francisco Giants. To put up his all-time favorite um, noted race Nazi, whatever the fuck he is, Aubrey Huff. Uh, as we all know, Ed, that's his favorite. Um, Aubrey Huff, Ed's favorite San Francisco Giant. So, uh, okay, yeah, I probably shouldn't say too many mean things about him. He's got to catch up with this whole feud. He's like a week behind, so... I'm sure whatever he called and said about me this week, uh, you know, I don't want, I can't respond to it here. So I'll just let it, let it go now and, uh, I'll talk to everyone later. Bye bye now. Bye for now. <laughs> Is Aubrey Huff one of the, like, the people on the Giants, like, jerseys of the, that Ed had tweeted at me? No. So the people that Ed had tweeted at you, there was a lady who I didn't know who it was. Yeah. Eric, the actor from the Howard Stern show. Okay. Daniel Bryan and Vince yeah, I Russo. Knew that. Yeah, I knew the Russo and Bryan. I just didn't know who the girl or the other guy was. Yeah. Who do you say? Audrey Huff? Aubrey. I, I recognize the name, but I don't know. I think Aubrey Huff is like a super canceled guy. It's a guy? Oh, I thought it was a girl. No, oh. it's a guy. Mm. I'm, looking for, <laughs> I'm looking at his Wikipedia for controversies, you know? <laughs> All right. Um... Oh, he's a, he's a, he's a, whatchamacallit, um, he's a Transformers guy. All right, I like that. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's a, he's a big Trump guy. All right, whatever. <laughs> oh, never mind then. <laughs> what a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. All right, so Pat calls back again. All right. <laughs> hey, look at who it is. Uh, third time, three phone calls, what an asshole. Um, okay, anyways, real quick, just real quick. Uh, Joe said he didn't know who the band was for the April 22nd uh, Left Hangout show. And that's one of the main reasons I'm bummed out that I can't come to that show. I'm booked on another show, but the band Radiator Hospital is playing, Joe. Um, definitely not your type of music, nope. but anyone who's listening should go check them out. They're a great band. Um, so, yeah, that's all. I just had to call back and say the band that's playing is called Radiator Hospital. They rule. All right, uh, i got to go do a Gazintos. See ya. <laughs> And I'll just say the reason why uh, Mr. Two Legs cannot come to the LVAC is he is a company guy, and AIW will be having their event damned on the same day. So go check out uh, AIW that day if you're around there. And also, just give him a quick plug, he was on Indie Wrestling Guide this week. Check out Ronald Two Legs. Yeah, he did a uh, he did an amazing job. Uh, Pat's an inter- interesting and entertaining cat, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Jay Gold and Jay Hawk and Marcy and uh, Butters, uh, you know, just taking our scraps. Good for you. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> anyway, next call. Hey, guys. It's the strongest man in all the land. Arthur MacArthur here. I haven't called in a while. I've just been so wrapped up in my personal life, you know, getting things done. I always just forget to make a call. So I'm going to make it up. Whether you like it or not, I'm going to add a couple questions to kind of make up for the lost time. Obviously, baseball season is away. Uh, we'll get you this year, uh, Adam. Anyways, first question. Obviously, Mania was, in my opinion, really great. You know, definitely some uh, 
Not night two definitely wasn't as good as night one, but would you guys consider night one? Would you consider that its own ending in itself? And would you consider that in like one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time? Because in my opinion, night one is an all timer. Uh, you know, literally no match fell short. You know, every match had their, it, it delivered on what it was supposed to. And I thought it was great. You know, even though night two, I thought wasn't as great. I still found, you know, some positives, you know, I'm not going to get into the negatives. You know, we don't need to go into that. I'm sure you'll talk about it. Anyways, second question, uh, actually it's going to come from a personal experience because this week I'm going to Las Vegas. And oh. I need some help. Uh, I plan on doing some roulette numbers. And, you know, I, I just need some guidance from uh, my guys. So, you two, give me a number. Any number, and I will place some serious cash on it. You know, let's, let's split this pot together. All right, that's all I got. Hope you all have a great week. I'm looking up because I only played roulette once and I was really, really drunk and somebody else was spotting me. So they were teaching me how to play. I'm looking up a roulette board to see what number it goes up to. Uh, looks like it goes to 35. Aw. So uh, hopefully, I'm going to say 33 is my number. All right. My number already is 23. And if it lands on 23, you don't have to give me a cut of the fucking money. Yeah. But treat yourself to a nice uh, steak and lobster dinner on my half. All right. And if you hit 33, uh, I do want to cut the money because I'm unemployed. <laughs> um, but he, he had a question about night one versus night two of WrestleMania. I yeah. say night two was better overall. Um, obviously, having seen night two live as I was watching it, as opposed to night one, which I did not get a chance to see live because I was out. Um I, the only thing that I really needed to go back and watch on night one was the tag title match. Like, I didn't care about the Logan Paul, Seth Rollins match, the six-woman match, you know, whatever. I heard the four-team tag match was really good um, on night one, but, like, nothing it was better else than it needed. It was better than it needed to yeah, be. Yeah, it, like, really overshot its coverage, as, you, as it were. But I think night two overall was the better thing. The only real stinker on night. I know, you know what? I watch, I, and again, I, I take that back. I did watch, and again, I feel bad. Um, I watched the finish, like the last stretch, like the last half of uh, Charlotte versus Rhea. And mm -hmm. I thought the last half of that was really good. So there's two good matches there on night one where um, night two has the Snoop Dogg thing and the Roman <laughs> match. Yeah, and, you know, it doesn't really like any everything else on top of that is just like bonus points. Yeah, I think like Artie, when I saw on social media, he really liked night one. He thought it was like pretty much a perfect show. And I don't want to disagree with him at all because that would be like disagree with myself. Right. But um, I thought it was a very even from top to bottom, like solid show. But like there's Maybe the Intercontinental title match was the only one that, like, the only match that got me, like, on my feet in the entire okay. night. Where it was like, okay, that's a fucking great match. Maybe I'm just jaded because, like, I'm still, the fan in me is bitter that Sammy and KO were 
relegated to like no oh poor guys relegated to a main event of wrestlemania but like you know what i'm saying like sammy like he wasn't the guy you know to go after roman and like it kind of seems like a consolation prize so for me that match loses a little bit of its appeal um but like night one was solid if not in my eyes unremarkable and night two just has more just the cody roman shock alone is going to make that be the one that stands out for me yeah. Yeah. And the Snoop Dogg thing, I guess. Yeah. We'll call it in the ring. <laughs> and, and hey, listen, you know, I thank you for calling in a long time. And listen, I understand Artie, your personal life and everything else. But remember when Artie used to call in a Pod Van Damme? It was like production value and <laughs> he's doing the voice and all this other stuff. I miss when Artie would make calls like that. Yeah. I think that was, uh, he had a, a special uh, uh, helper with the, the production on that uh, stuff. Okay. But yeah, I think uh, you know going forward, maybe maybe the next time we hear, hear Artie's voice, it'll it'll be a little more old timey. All right, next Never. call. All right. Hey Adam, hey Joe, it's Jayhawk. Uh, hard to cram everything into a three minute voicemail this week. A lot of stuff went on. Uh, two nights of WrestleMania, Ring of Honor pay per view, AEW coming to Wembley. WWE being cold. Vince apparently back in power. But of course, you can't talk about two nights of WrestleMania. Eight hours of WrestleMania without talking about the biggest travesty of all the travesties. Where the fuck was LA Knight? Yeah, where the fuck was LA Knight? Uh, I got eight hours of WrestleMania. LA Knight is at, it's WrestleMania in LA. And you can't get you L.A. night. You missed have to wrestle three people in the court for 48 hours. You can't find room for L.A. night to be one of them. Bobby Lashley needs an open challenge on the Twitter machine. You can't have L.A. night answer that challenge and beat Bobby Lashley in like 30 seconds. That's such a strategy. Unbelievable. Cannot believe they built the. They can't believe they built this for so long. All right, guys. Anyway, guys, that's it for me. What a what a week! It's gonna be a long time for that fast this year week. I'll talk to you guys later. Ah, <laughs> uh, I think we touched on this already. Is that uh, your boy Vince doesn't like your other boy L.A. Knight? So. <sighs> That the LA Nyquil has run out and nobody's running to the store to get more. Sadly, no. Um, let's just hope he at least stays on the roster until uh, the SmackDown that's supposed to be coming up in our neck of the woods in June. Yeah. And I get to experience uh, LA Knight live and in person. Yeah. And I mean, really, if he just has to hold out Vince, I mean, how long could that guy fucking possibly live? I don't know. I think he's going <laughs> to he's going to outlive all of us, you know? Oh, God, no. All right, thanks, Jayhawk. Thank you, Jayhawk. Next call. Hello, guys. Kevin here. Um, I've been trying to think what tangent, what angle, what whatever I'm going to take with this. Uh, all right. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm having a blast. I'm watching a ton of fun wrestling. I'm hanging out with my best friends. I'm just having so much fun. Saturday night one WrestleMania, I'm like, what a great night. Like, I'm excited for Sunday and, and whatever else I end up watching. And then night two, I'm like, 
half and half. You know, I'll, I'll see it's a 50-50 show. There's some stuff I'm like, eh, that wasn't that great. And other stuff that, you know, was still really fun. Ending, I had faith. I'm like, that is not the ending I thought was going to happen at all. But it's, you know, maybe it's part of a larger story. Something else has happened. And then Monday's Raw happened. And that was one of the worst three hours that I've ever sat through of wrestling in my life. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I've, I've been thinking about it all since Monday. So, make an example here. Like, there's all that stuff Rhea Ripley being just surrounded at the airport. No celebrity owes you anything. Like, they have the right to live their own life and travel and eat dinner and go to gym and not be accosted constantly. Like, they don't owe you anything. They're, they're doing their job. However, TV show or movie, I feel you owe me being entertained for two hours, three hours, however long the thing is. I am giving up my time and or money for this thing. Please make it worth it. And half of Sunday and all of Monday was not worth that at all for me. Now, am I going to stop? I don't know. Probably not. Am I going to focus on only wrestling? No, no. Like Monday, thank God I was reading and doing other stuff because it would have been even worse for me. Now we got Triple H saying whatever on SmackDown, which I think will just be exactly what he said on Raw before the Fox audience. Um, and I, I think a lot of us were just so mad because we felt insulted for Monday. Like, if you're... I got other shit I could do with my life and with my time and energy. Other stuff is still better wrestling. And, you know, I... I, I I'm not saying I'm not going to watch, but I'm going to do other stuff. Like, listen to the Patreon show. There you go. I guess. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think, you know, you were saying that Raw was bad. And listen, I can't judge because I didn't watch all of Raw, okay? And, and I'll clarify real quick. Was it any worse than probably any episode of Raw in the last six months, a year? Probably not. Right, but like I went into it thinking that hey, let's make an they're going to make an effort to to keep me, but they didn't. So it wasn't any worse than any other random raw. How about we put this caveat on it? This was the worst post WrestleMania raw of all time. I I would say it's quite possible, right? Know? If you if you judge it by that metric, but how many episodes of Raw are, are there? There's over a thousand, right? There's got to be episodes of Raw, like from the early days when they were filming them at Fernwood, you know, and you get a three commercial break, like <laughs> Tatanka versus Crush match or something, you know? Yeah. I'm sure that sucks a lot worse than what we got this past week. But, you know, they tried, like, in their mind, you know, you mentioned before, I'm sure in their mind, the Brock turn, the setup of, you know, big uh, or Bad Bunny getting laid up by Damian Priest the return of Riddle, like, those three things were enough. Right. Yeah, one one semi-interesting thing an hour. <laughs> yeah. Or or how about uh, Seth Rollins getting his music before the commercial, then they come back from commercial, they hit his music, and he leaves the ring because Vince changed the script. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a lot of, and again, I I think a lot of people are assuming that they they changed the script, but I, and again, it was a weird thing. It was very odd. 
Yeah. I obviously like there's 39 WrestleManias. What do you figure? Uh, Raw started eight WrestleManias in, seven WrestleManias in. 90, uh, the first post-Mania Raw would have been from WrestleMania 9, so like 30 years. Yeah, so you have 30 Raws after WrestleMania, so this is ranked number 30 out of the 30. Uh, you know what? I w- if I went back and I watched them all, those 30 Raws from post-Manias, this might not be the worst one. This would probably be in the bottom five, but I don't think it would be the worst one. Coming soon to the Ad-Odds ah! Patreon <laughs> for only $10 a month. We go back and revisit all the Raws after WrestleMania. <laughs> You're right. We're not going to watch WrestleMania. We're just going to watch the Raws after WrestleMania. Exactly. All yeah. right. <laughs> uh, let us know if that's something you'd be interested in and all how right. much you'd be willing to pay. But thanks, Kevin. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Last call. Hey there, Joe, Adam. It's the other JB here. Well, uh, for starters, um, I um, have um, a little bit of a rant I want to go on. Uh-oh. So, um, this week on Dynamite, uh, Jungle Boy uh, had a little bit of fun. Um, but he was really proud of himself. Um, I know that it's a bit that I am the other JB. Um, I have a certain physical likeness to um, Jack Perry. But I will not stand for being single white female by Jungle Boy this week. Um, unlike uh, him... I um, actually was in percussion. Um, I played at Carnegie <laughs> Hall, not him. That's a terrible symbol <laughs> use, and it's just got me steamed already. <laughs> because I'm so mad at my doppelganger, I want um, some recommendations on you know, the man who was um, ready, willing to you know, put a stop into him, Christian Cage. Um, a couple of recommendations, uh, Christian Cage, uh, singles or, uh, tag team with Edge, um, whichever one, uh, y'all are thinking about. All right. Thank you. Um, such a, such a burden that the other JB has to deal with just being associated, sometimes confused with Jungle Boy, her. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I bear, I bear a very close resemblance <laughs> to one of the hottest looking wrestlers on TV. <laughs> Woe is me. <laughs> I know we need to start a GoFundMe for the poor guy. Um, not a crowdfunding. No, not a, it, it's a, it's a kickstart. Uh, kickstart. Oh. We'll start, you know, uh, but obviously I'll say, uh, just, the genericest of generic answers on uh, the TLC stuff with the Hardys and the Dudleys. Okay. Um, and I'll, um, and I'll also throw in there what a layered guy other JB is just like casually thrown in. They're like, yeah, I played at Carnegie Hall as well. Right. Yeah. I'm a classically trained, uh, yeah, uh percussionist. percussionist. Sure. Yeah. He sounds like quite a catch this other JB. Yeah. Anyway. Anna Jay's going to switch sides, you know, <laughs> <Upgrade>. <laughs> Did you see that Anna J promo from Rampage, the Rampage that nobody watched this past week? She's like, I got a fat ass and a big attitude. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I sent that to Jonah. And I'm like, hey, wrestling's back, buddy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Christian singles matches. As we're talking about this, I'm sure the boar is yelling and sending me oh, recommendations, right? 100%, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go singles matches and I'm going to, and this might, so, um, edge retires and then they do the bit with 
Uh, Christian wins the belt from Del Rio. Then Orton wins the belt from Christian. And then Christian and Orton do a program, right? Mm-hmm. Any of the matches in that Christian Orton promo f- program from 2011 are awesome matches. And listen, everyone gives um, what's his face uh, Christian a bad rap. Um, you know, or not Christian? Uh, Randy Orton a bad rap says he's boring or whatever it is. Which he um, is. he's not. Um, I think he's pretty good, right? Um, and I think those matches with Christian were great. And a lot of it was because, um, you know, what we saw from, like, Christian and Orton were great partners together in the ring, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I will say a lot of um, Christian's TNA stuff is spotty at best for me. Um, If I'm trying to think here... Um, you know, the, the matches that he had with Kenny on, in AEW recently were really good, right? For, yeah, yeah, the, uh, over the Impact title, right? Right, right. Um, I'm sure he had good matches in TNA, but I just can't think of any right now. But I, that's what I recommend. The program with Orton from 2011 and the program with Kenny, uh, from last year. I, I, I think I remember him having a good run with Perk Angle in TNA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, everyone did because yeah. <laughs> Kurt was a maniac. Yeah. All right. Now, cool. that was our last call. And I want to just, before anyone asks, no calls from Ed this week. Ed is in deep preparation for the upcoming debut of Hiya, Bussy. And I have it on good authority that he's been sitting alone in a dark room staring at a candle in silence. <laughs> Good to know, but yeah, Ed, you're missed, and we love you, and hopefully we'll hear from you soon. Yes, um, but because we did things out of order, um, oh, the, w- the other weekly purges, I ended up doing the weekly purges as before, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, I saw someone post on Twitter, you know how you get Facebook recommendations from people? And sometimes you wonder how that happens. Like, oh, you know, add this person as a friend, right? It's just the way the Facebook algorithm works. Yeah, it's like, oh, you have one mutual, and they're going to recommend somebody. Yeah, well, this person had 14 mutuals with Drake Wirtz. (laughs) Okay. So so I poked at him, and I said, I would question those mutuals. And he goes, I bet you have more mutuals with Drake Wirtz than I do. And I went and I checked. Did I have more or less than 14? Ah... Hopefully it's less, but I won't be surprised if unknowingly it was more. It was more. Oh, Jesus. It was 18. Um, Now, I will say this. There were some people, um, because I don't use Facebook very often, uh, but it is some people that it was like when I was at different parts in my wrestling career. Sure. And I'm like, ooh, that person, I don't know why they even still have a Facebook. They're like ultra mega canceled, so I can unfriend them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then there are other people that may be in one, if not both, of the major companies right now that are still friends with them. Maybe because they don't check their Facebook, and I'm not going to put them on blast, right? Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that if I just said, like, hey, so-and-so, just remember you have him as a friend. They're like, oh, yeah, let me fix that. But (laughs) suffice to say, I am down to 14 now. Yeah, I I think that, like, when you have Facebook... And a lot of the people listening to this podcast might be like, why would you still have Facebook? What is it? So on. <laughs> but 
like, I don't know, like, half of the people that I'm friends with. I'm sure if I looked at my friend list, I would see names that I haven't seen in my feed in years. Right. So it's like you kind of forget, like, oh, I, I friended that person 12 years ago, 14 years ago. And, and also, like, in the wrestling business, especially, like, before we all smartened up, like, I think a lot of people were friends with people out of, like, a business relationship. You know, yeah. you're, you're networking, you know, you worked with this guy or you want to work with this gal or whatever. So it's not an endorsement that you were friends with them. And, you know, so whatever. I don't blame you. Yeah. All right. But that was the end of the other stuff that I mentioned before. All right. Let's get to the best part of the show. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. <laughs> All right, Joe. Lots of purchases for, for you this week? No, uh, I have none. Zero, zilch, nada. Um, but I do just want to throw this out here. Breaking news! Um, oh, I don't know if you saw. Um, World Wrestling Entertainment, along with the company TCG Toys, have announced for uh, the third quarter of 2023 the return of Bendy's. Oh, shit. Well, um, luckily, I'm not a Bendy's guy. You know? Luckily... Luckily, you're not a Bendy's guy. They're doing uh, four individuals, and then they're doing a four-pack. The four individuals are Hogan, Rock, Austin, and Undertaker. And the four-pack is uh, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Rey Mysterio, and John Cena. I can tell you, and you can uh, cut this audio out, not as in, like, removed from the podcast, but save it for posterity. Uh, I have zero desire to buy an actual, like, real WWE Bendy. It doesn't matter who it is. Uh, I will never buy one. Like, because uh, I think this came up with somebody, like, not on the podcast or whatever. Because I have no, f I never owned a Bendy. I wasn't collecting wrestling figures then. So, like, even if they came out with, like, oh, here's Alexa Bliss's Bendy or whatever. If I don't buy basics, I certainly won't buy a Bendy. I don't, the... If I do buy Bendy's right now, uh, and again, there's no proof that I do, uh, it's only because it's like an indie product and like some of these things you're not going to get like that character in a major line, if that makes sense. But I'm out. I'm good on I'm good on major Bendy's. Well, and that's the uh, regular Bendy's. Yeah. Regular Bendy's. We were getting a tease uh, on the show this week and on their social media this past weekend. Um, I have a feeling that an Orange Cassidy Bendy is coming. I will I be a I will be a day one purchaser of an Orange Cassidy Bendy. I don't think like I think you're wrong about that though. You do because they have never made anybody who was like under an AEW contract. Okay, I, I think the only ones that they've made are people that they quote unquote signed the deal before they signed with AEW. Or WWE, you know, mm -hmm. like the Gargano and the Chelsea ones were, you know, you saw prototypes before they signed with the, the E and like there's a lot of AEW talent that like like Danhausen was in production before he signed with AEW, 
You know, so I Orange Cassidy's been on contract for a very long time. So Yeah, I uh this summer will be four years and I know it was a one year, then he got a nice bump. Um not a Rob Liefeld bump, but again. <laughs> yeah. Um I I want it'll be interesting to see if maybe there was like a little bit of a loophole, but I still have my hopes that we're going to get an OC Bendy. Oh, like a hundred percent. I would buy, you know, at least two of them, one to get signed, one to keep like mint on card. I would buy every store exclusive. Don't get me wrong. I'd buy them all in a heartbeat, but I don't think it's going to happen just because he was at the, the major Bendy's booth signing autographs this past weekend, right. like an hour. I, I don't think that means there's going to be one. I hope I'm wrong. But if I was a betting man, I'd say it's not happening. Uh, so maybe yeah, he'll I, get a, I was going to say maybe he'll get a big rubber guy. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but um, the other bit of news, since we're now like a toy wrestling or a toy news website, is I don't know if you saw Hasbro announced today that they are caving to collectors pressure and the windows in boxes will be returning. Yes, uh, there was, you know, that pre-attorney guy was the one who broke the story, um, and he included the email that he got from the Hasbro rep. I don't know if you saw that. Yep, yeah, and this is, according to the email, it's affecting G.I. Joe Classified, Power Rangers Lightning Collection, Star Wars Black Series, Marvel Legends. Hopefully, it doesn't say it in that email, but hopefully that'll also apply to Transformers. <laughs> And that will be like all of the toy lines that I collect that have been affected, you know? Right. So it's not starting until 2024, number one. Well, no, it says beginning later this year. In oh, okay. 2024. So okay. probably just stuff that hasn't yet been mocked up and put into production, you know? That'll get me to buy some Marvel Legends. Yeah. There's like, been Marvel Legends I've already passed on because of the stupid cardboard yep. box. I absolutely would have gotten a Quantum Media Kang if it was in the the bubble package. Yeah. So, like, this is good news for people like you and me, you know. Yeah. And also, you know, DJ mentioned over on We Need Wrestling that he, you know, he's a guy who rips open figures, but he bought a Marvel Legends site unseen, like, didn't know the how big it was. What was it, Howard the Duck? Yep. And open open the box to find out that it was like super tiny because there was no in scale picture on the box. So uh, it affects everybody and fuck the environment. That's what I say. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I, and the other thing, of course, is with the you know the 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 non windowed packaging. At the very least, you could see if something was tampered with or missing or damaged or whatever it looks like with yep. those windowless boxes. You know that could be something that restocked. And you buy one thing and somebody reseal the package and put something else in it, or you get something that's in the box that's like damaged or just looks shitty in general, which does happen. There's like paint application mistakes that happen, and there's no way for you to see that in those boxes, right? No, yeah, 100%. And it's like for me, if I'm going to keep things sealed, and let's say five years later I go to sell it, and the guy who buys it is a is an opener, a Lucy collector. Then they're the ones that are learning. And meanwhile, I had something in my collection for all these years that was defective or not the right thing, you know. So I think it's it's best for everybody. And like, how much plastic are you really fucking wasting with a little plastic window? Exactly. So, but yeah, that's some cool, some good news. And uh, so I will just say before we get to. Uh, the update that everybody wants to hear uh for me weekly purchases i made one purchase joe oh my goodness 
it was a tiny purchase. One might even say it was a Wii purchase. I bought uh, the micro brawler of Dylan Hornswoggle Postal that went up for order on Pro Wrestling Tees this past week. Did you see this, Joe? I did not. This is uh, Swoggle as AJ Styles. Oh, they talked about that on the show this week. Okay. Yeah. So they did, uh, they made a, they, I don't know how many ever they made, but they put 400 up for sale and it was limit two per person. And there is like a chase. Uh, and they said it was like, there's 50 chases. So I think you have a one in 8% or one in eight chance of getting a chase. So I ordered the maximum of two. And they sold out like the first day. So I'll get the two. Maybe I'll get a chase and a regular. If I don't, I'll just sell the extra regular one, you know, because they're sold out. So I'll make my money back at least. For sure. Um, but yeah, so I got, uh, I forget what they call them uh, on the micro brawler. It's got like a name. It doesn't actually say Hornswoggle. It says like, uh, I'm trying to bring up the picture. Is it Little Dill? No, it's a, it's a pun on AJ style. Oh, I think it says the Wii nominal one. Instead of phenomenal one, it says we nominal. Uh-huh. Something like that. But I was like, all right, that's funny. But that's all I got. That's literally the only thing I bought this week. All right. Well, we have to do our follow-up from last week, huh? We do. And I'm sure, Joe, I haven't looked all week. I'm sure the numbers have just skyrocketed. Well, I didn't see what the numbers were last week, right? But as we, even just as we recorded and, you know, I opened up the page and I just hit refresh here. Eight more people have purchased uh, or backed the World Wrestling Entertainment Ultimate Edition WCW Monday Nitro entrance stage. Now, again, there's still a month left, but they had their goal that by the end of the day on Friday, that if it reaches 5,000, that you'll also get the additional Nitro debut Hulkamaniac figure, right? Yeah. So that's if it hits 5,000 by tomorrow <laughs> so let me just before you go any further i'll just give you some clarity last week when we when we recorded it was approaching 25 percent funded which i believe oh. mathematically that would be around 1250 backers so my math is like what we got like 400 cents then 450 um it well it went from 25 percent back to 34 percent backed okay so uh, yeah, I don't not, think this is happening. Well, we one thousand percent are not getting the Hogan. There's there's zero chance that this is getting another three, another thirty three hundred people by tomorrow night. <laughs> That's not happening. Well, you know listen, um, how many credit cards? Can, listen, uh, Chelsea's sick into the hospital. Poor Chelsea, by the way. Um, I don't want to say that Broski's trying to kill her, but I just did. Um, <laughs> I don't know how many credit cards she has laying around. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, I do think we got 34%, and I don't mean we, it got 34% in a week. We have a month left. I think it will absolutely limp its way to 5,000. Um, I don't think, I, number one, we 100% are not going to get the Hogan. Um, you're not getting the Warrior at 11,000. You're not getting the Scott Steiner at 9,000. I'm relatively certain you're not getting the DDP at 7,000, but are you going to say that you're not going to get another, uh, what do we need, another 3,300 people in a month? Uh -huh. Yeah, it'll limp over because you have to realize ringside's going to buy a bunch like they did with the new gen. 
Entertainment Earth's going to buy a bunch. Big Bad Toy Store is going to buy a bunch. And I'm not talking thousands, but you know they had hundreds of the new gen arenas up for sale on their websites. So I think at some point there's going to be an influx from that. And yeah, it it will limp its way past uh, like you'll get like 5100, 5500, something like that. But that'll be it. I say by the end of the day tomorrow, it breaks 2000. Okay. Conceivably, a, a last minute rush to try to get the Hogan. Because, you know, obviously it rolled out last week and some people get paid last Friday and some people get paid this Friday, right? Yeah. So they may not have been able to hit it last week because they were in between paydays. They might be able to get it this week because it's their payday, right? Sure. And I know they did the Instagram live and they showed everything and like here they showed like what the full warrior cape looks like and the Rey Mysterio entrance jacket and they showed all the soft goods and all the extra stuff that it comes with. And they were really selling that this even if you don't have the space for this thing, it it in of itself is a shelf for your figures anyway. I don't think I don't think this hit in five thousand. I think it's gonna hit two tomorrow 2000 and then you are going to see a lot of people just like give up on it like it not hitting 5000 in a week is going to crush a lot of people and it's going to take the wind out of the sails of this whole campaign yeah i mean i can see that i i I think we still have we have 29 days left i think it'll eventually creep there but i could be wrong and i think that's an interesting thing obviously we're not going to dedicate 10 minutes to it every single week, but I think it's a, a silly little bit to check in on it. Uh, I say it'll just barely reach 5,000. You say it's what going to get another thousand tomorrow or something, or, or it's going to reach 2000 tomorrow. Yeah. And kind of hit a wall. You know, I think people are, there are a certain segment of the population. They're still waiting to get their taxes back. Uh, a lot of wrestling fans that had a very expensive weekend this past weekend that might take a week or two to recover from it. You know, uh-huh. because people were planning for Mania Weekend for a year, uh, and this thing kind of snuck up on them. So maybe they need some time to kind of catch up on their bills. I think it'll get to five thousand, but we'll see. We'll 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 peek at it every week, and as Adam mentioned, we're not going to spend ten minutes every week. We're not going to spend forty minutes on it every week. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, and this I, is this is all our fault, by the way. I know we did this, but I I will just say if it gets to like five thousand, but it's literally just Ray Mysterio on the stage. As I said last week, I'm 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 out. Yeah. So there's any any doubt? Totally not work it. Nope. But I think that's it for me, Joe. I think that's everything. Hey, and uh, we got no homework to record, so I can go to bed at a reasonable time. Absolutely. All right, hey. On, so I, I got nothing. <laughs> I was going to say, are you even allowed to watch baseball in the the baseball that you want to in the area that you're in? Uh, well, the Yankees game got rained out today, so all that was left is a couple West Coast games. But I think they might be over by now. And I know, you know, we talked before during the phone call segment about um, cheap baseball games. And I know it's early in the season, and we were passing on the way to the uh, to DC this past week. Um, is uh, Camden Yard Baltimore's deal? Camden Yard is Baltimore's deal, right? Correct. Are they still super cheap on tickets? Uh, they're reasonable. Like uh, they're one of those things where, like, if the Yanks are in town, if like you know Shohei Otani and Trout are in town, if like marquee teams are coming in, they sell out pretty well. But like most games are, you can you can get like a bleacher or like a cheap seat for like 15 20 bucks yeah and i know i saw a lot of that last season a lot of people like in the northeastern area were like 
holy shit, like, not only is it, like, a super cheap seat, but, like, the Orioles were okay last year. Not great, but okay. Yeah, they're a team on the upswing. They're actually a decent team. And the last uh, Yankee game I went to was in Cam in the Arts. Yeah. And that it's a really nice park as well. It is. It's it's a sketchy-as-fuck neighborhood, but the park itself is really nice. Uh, listen, I, I drove through the heart of D.C. this past weekend. Y'all need to, y'all need to man up, right? <laughs> well, when, uh, when uh, like, sketchy thieves see you, they're like, oh, he's one of us. Leave him alone. Exactly. <laughs> All right. I just want to get one last baseball shot in there. Again, thank you, everyone, very much for listening and supporting us, everything. Um... And this was episode 236 of At Odds with Wrestling. For Adam, this is Joe saying be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.